You've tuned into localjobnetwork.com radio, and you're listening to the LJN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment related. I'm Lynn Molitor, and joining me in the quad today is Jacqueline Peterson. Hello. Laura McBain. Hi, everybody. And Ashley Fitzgerald. Hello. We have topics for a variety of interests today, and I'm going to start us off. So I attended an open house recently at a remodeled office building, and the cubicle walls were really low, and all of the offices were on the interior of the floor and were totally glass, glass walls, glass doors. It looked like a fishbowl. So um, I was wondering what your thoughts were about this. I actually think this is a design trend for the future, and it's meant to bring in more natural light into the work surface. But I was a little taken aback personally because there was like no sense of privacy. Right. Yeah, that was my first thought. You could stand on that floor and obviously it was an open house on a weekend so people weren't working. Mm -hmm. But if people had been sitting, you'd be able to see, you'd probably be able to see their faces by just standing and looking down, down the row. I, I don't know how I would feel about that. I, I, f- I feel like at first blush, I might not like it. But at the same time, my perspective is I, have, I don't have anything to hide. So if you want <laughs> to see what's in my cube or dig through my drawers, go ahead. You'll find some chocolate. I'll be there. And maybe some other girly items. But that's about all. <laughs> we know where to go now. That's good. I don't know. I... I I thought about this, and the one thing that you mentioned, the privacy thing, but also because we have a lot of people that are on the phones, I would think that the it wouldn't be quite as private from that perspective, and you'd be able to hear each other's phone calls a little bit more than you do right now. I mean, I can hear the calls going on, but I would imagine if you're in your own cube and you have that sense of you know the three and a half walls around you, that it would be a little bit easier to make calls like that. I don't know if I'd... Yeah, I don't know if it'd be echoey. Yeah. I mean, the light thing I get, and I think that's wonderful, but as far as from a privacy standpoint, I mean, I don't know. What if you want to kick your shoes off? Yeah, I don't. I, I've, I'm i on board with the light situation, too. I love, you know, the sunshine and, and mm-hmm. having that all coming in. I think it creates more of a positive uh, environment, atmosphere, but... Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes you just kind of need to space yourself off. I mean, you're with your coworkers all day long. I think sometimes you need to just be on your mm-hmm. own and not having to look at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't know about you guys, but I know, you know, I look at all the years in my career and some days I came in and I wasn't having a good day. You know, it wasn't even like work related. You mm-hmm. know, it's like something happened at home and I was upset and, you know, I was just sitting in my cube and, you know, right. I wasn't like the happiest right. and I didn't need everyone looking at me. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and I took off of that too. I think other different people work at different paces too. And if I could see somebody like that was anxious or you know, very high energy. I might build off of that myself and, and feel That's that a good way. point. Yeah. yeah. Or or vice versa. Somebody really laid back, I might be like, oh, okay. That's how I should be. I, I don't know. I, I just, think it... Oh, go ahead. I just think I would value my privacy a little bit too much to be comfortable in that situation where everybody can see everything. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. what if you need a moment? Right. You know what I mean? Sometimes we need a moment. Oh, you that's know, true. Where we're you're like, oh. Next episode, <laughs> I could talk about the bathrooms. Yeah, we could. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> Jacqueline, did you want to add any comments? <laughs> to based the bathroom? On, or? No, no. Back to the, the um, workplace. No, I do agree. You know, yeah, I think Laura brings up a good point. I mean, there's days where you just need a moment to yourself just to get mm-hmm. a handle on what's going on. Or maybe you're having a bad day. Or, you know, maybe you just want to just... Uh, let it all out and cry or something. You know, yeah, you, right, you sometimes yeah. need that moment. Um, so I can, I could definitely mm-hmm. see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I, so hopefully, some listeners will kind of weigh in on this because I wasn't getting it. But it is the design trend for the future. So if people are sitting in that situation and they love it, I'd, you know, I'd like to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. it's the so, modern way. Yeah. So. Well, my topic was obviously office-related. Jacqueline, your topic actually applies to all workplace settings. Yes. So I am bringing up a topic that I think we can, like Lynn said, all sort of relate to. And that's, you know, what are tips or best practices that people should um, follow, whether you're in management, in, in leadership, or, or peers, you know, uh, lower level or direct reports, when you need to collaborate or work or, or have someone from another department help you with an assignment. What tips um, should we follow or practice to keep that person's manager in the loop so that they know where their direct report is? Um, and the reason why I thought I'd bring it up is because we do a lot of cross-working with different departments, and sometimes that does get lost in translation. Um, people going directly to your direct report, you have no idea, they're mm-hmm. getting assigned mm-hmm. a task, and then, you know, you're talking to them on, you know, why didn't something get done? And they're like, well, I was working on this for so-and-so. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. So I wanted to know what your experience was and any tips and best practices that you have. I think it's a great question. And I definitely agree with you in times where, um, well, there's a couple of instances. And I feel like one is you not knowing somebody talked to your direct report about it. And then you're totally sidetracked on, oh, I had no idea you were working on that or um, – well, that's interesting. I didn't even know that was a conversation to be had. Um, And the other piece of it is, I guess, more from, you know, you were told to follow up with your direct report, didn't have a chance to do it, so then somebody else follows up with them. Um, You know, even though it was on your task list, you just didn't have a chance, and then it's a waste of a lot of people's time. And I think that's another piece of it, too, where there's just a loss in translation. So from a best practice standpoint, I think it's always great to let the manager know what you're going to be talking to that person about and then talk to that person. And I just think it helps everybody stay on the same page, um, you know, in the loop. And So then do you do that in person, on the phone, in email? You know, that's a great question. I think it's kind of all of the above. Whatever you work with so many different departments, whatever is going to be best for you to interact with a specific person. I mean, that person could be in a different office than you. And so you may have to just do an email. Okay. Yeah, it was a tough one because I think that, you know, I think you're right, Ashley, you need to definitely keep the manager in the loop. But I think that also every organization is different and every organization handles this a little bit differently. You may have some organizations that everybody just kind of works together on a bunch of things and they're a little bit more loose and laid back. And I've been in those kind of situations too. But, you know, and then you could, you know, belong to the opposite type where, you know, manager, you need to go through the managers for everything. And that way everybody is in the loop. I think one of the neat things that we do here is we have a summary of projects list that goes out. And then everybody that's, the person that's managing the project is on the list. And also 
the people that are working together on the project are also listed on there. So at least that's kind of one way I think that we have of kind of trying to keep people in the loop. But there's always situations where, you know, you might need somebody else's help from another department. So you definitely, you know, via email conversation or whatever, should try to at least keep the manager in the loop. Yeah, I agree with you, Laura. I think it, it uh, it's uh, definitely unique to each workplace setting. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, especially if you join a new workplace, you kind of have to pick up what the norms and the processes are. Um, it's never a good thing to try and change change your new workplace. But with that said, I've, you know, I've worked in different situations right. where, you know, that's the expectation is that this is an individual performer and everyone goes to them directly. And then th- that person keeps their manager in the loop on things. So mm-hmm. it can go, I think, right. either way. And you just have to whatever works. I know sometimes I catch myself. It's like I want to invite someone to a meeting. And I'm just about, it happened to me this week. I was just about <laughs> ready to invite and I'm like, oh, boy, I better ask their manager first. <laughs> so I, I am them quickly. You know, is it OK if I invite so-and-so to a half-hour meeting? And oh, yeah, by all means. But I'm like, oh, because I could see that one. It wouldn't have quite followed the process. And, you know, I remembered I had to keep the manager in the loop. I think you bring up a good point, though, Lynn. I think if the managers aren't talking, it, the, I think that should be primary. That's sort of my perspective. And I think you can be flexible at it because not everybody has time to have an in-person conversation. So one of the things that I like to do is just CC the manager. Oh, mm-hmm. that's true. That's yeah. a good idea. That's good. And good that's idea. easy because it's if I'm working with Ashley on a webinar or something and Ashley works in a different department than me, I can just CC her manager. Hey, Ashley, we're doing the webinar on this day, just so you know. The manager knows I didn't have to have a conversation with the manager. The manager knows Ash and I work together on webinars. So it's, you know, it's not like out of the blue. So that to me is very helpful. But I think going back to what you were saying, Lynn, is there's going to be times where sometimes you forget. Like you you remembered to remind them, but there's going to be some times that you forget. I think hands down, like it's very black and white for me the direct report now has the onus to let the manager know. And I think that is where like frustration comes from sometimes is when you're like, oh, you know, what what are you doing and what projects are you working on? And they're not getting them done. And then that direct report is like, oh, I was working on so-and-so with so-and-so. And you're like, well, I didn't know that. And you need to tell me this. Right. Yeah. So I think for our listeners out there, if you are a direct report who is getting tasks from other people that are maybe out of the blue, not part of the norm, not part of your normal job, um, I definitely think it is your responsibility to let your manager know and fill them in on where that time is being spent. Because once again, advertise to your manager all the things that you're contributing to. There you go. Market yourself. (laughs) All right, so Laura, you're going to introduce a topic about absenteeism, but first, can you explain what it is to our listeners and the rest of us so we're all on the same page? (laughs) (laughs) Well, absenteeism is not going to work. (laughs) (laughs) Being absent, (laughs) there's a variety of reasons. There's a huge absenteeism problem in the workplace, but uh, it varies, you know, based on industry. I used to think, because I worked in healthcare, I used to think that that was one of the industries that had the main issue because we were always having, you know, people calling in to work all the time. It was a constant frustration, and I don't see that here. 
But the article that I read went into some of the causes and the costs of absenteeism in the workplace, and it is quite startling. Um, some of the causes, and I won't read through the whole list, is you know, bullying and harassment at work was at the top of the list there, burnout, stress, and low morale, things like you know, depression, and of course, illness is on the list, and I know we're going to follow that up in a bit in another topic. But what surprised me, I guess, was the cost, and the professionals topped the list at um, like $24.2 billion annual cost of lost productivity. So I thought that was pretty startling. And of course, managers and executives were next at $15.7 billion. But uh, so I think that that in itself caused, I guess, me to pause a bit and kind of think about it. But, you know, there's, I guess, just such a huge problem out there that I wondered if you guys had any issues with it or tips for how to handle it because it's it's a hard problem to tackle. I you know, I have a younger team and one of my struggles is letting them quickly understand our culture and I think Lori you had hit on it earlier is that our culture is, you know, we're all professionals here. We yes, we do play hard and we do love celebrating, but we do our we very much work hard too. And one of the things that I'm um, constantly reinforcing to my direct reports is that it is important that you treat this like a career and not a job. If you treat it like a job, you're arriving at eight, you're leaving at five, mm-hmm. you're watching the clock, yep. you, uh, you're you making note of every little thing that you're doing because it's in your job description. And if it's outside of that job description, <laughs> you let me know. Uh, and I just let them know it's the, you know, there's, it's, we don't need an, it, this is not up for negotiation. This right. is a career. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to be here, you're going to put in the time. And if you are, you'll get rewarded. I have had a few, um, you know, instances I think we can all say as managers where you've had to talk to an employee about, um, you know, their absence or their, you know, their... Uh, their Timeliness? Yeah. And um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you just have to have that conversation with these are our expectations and these are the policies. This is not meant to hurt anyone's feelings, but you need to either adhere to them or find a place that's a better fit for your needs. And just leave it like that. It's not really about emotion. So Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think what I took from this article that was surprising to me and just kind of brought back to the surface is what um, costs and effects that absenteeism has and not mm-hmm. just like directly on the you know service itself or what have you, but actually somebody else taking on your duties or your manager having to follow up with you on your timeliness. I mean, that cost in itself you know, people mm-hmm. taking the time away from your actual duties to just follow up on that, you know, take care of the projects you were supposed to do, handle your customers, you know, just different things like that. It, it definitely it affects so many more people in the organization when you aren't there. And to Jacqueline's point, being able to let your direct reports know the costs that aren't just affecting you, but affecting the rest of the workplace, I think would help in maybe eliminating some of the absenteeism if they think a little bit more deeply about it too. I think the challenge always is for a manager is the unscheduled absences. And that's really how Mm -hmm. I read this article. I did too. Because that Mm -hmm. was always my challenge. It's like, you you know, by the time the day starts, it's usually left the station, you know, when you're driving to work and you're already thinking about your day. And then you get to work and someone, you know, calls in. Mm -hmm. And those are always the hard part because you want to maintain a, a good level of service and quality and when someone is unexpectedly out, then other people have to fill in yeah. and they're already fully scheduled. So um, I, that was always the challenge for mm-hmm. me. And I knew I had some friends and family and, uh, you know, they're like, oh, I didn't f- I didn't feel like 
good today, so I didn't go into work, you know? And I was like, oh. <laughs> and um, I know of other employers that they actually keep track of unscheduled time out of the office. Oh, yeah. So it's not as if you don't have the vacation or the sick days, mm -hmm. but it's the unscheduled. And I know I had two family members, and they always complain. It's like, yeah, they keep track of that, and they put that on my annual review, and I can't understand why. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, do you know from a manager's perspective how how yeah. difficult that is? It's a lot. You know, if you're having a bad week, and it's Tuesday, and you want to take off Friday, that's a lot easier for a manager to plan mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. you tell them on Tuesday versus call them in on Friday morning. For someone who does track that, and I will totally admit it, I do, for unplanned absences, the reason why I personally track it is because I'm looking for a pattern. And, yeah. if, and if, I oh, see, that's true. if I see there's a pattern, my first initial response is to want to help that person. Is there something that's going on? that I can help you with? Is there, a, do you need help from me? Do you need help from our company? What is, you know, That's I've, a I've noticed a pattern. Is there something that we can do to help you? And I feel like as a manager, you have a duty to to fulfill mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, once you get your response and it's really not what you might've thought the worst. Yeah. Now they know that, you know, okay, this it's not the worst of whatever it is that you were thinking, but now they're just they're creating this pattern. Now what's the deal? And I think and that's when you reiterate, you know, this is a career. We have career paths here. If you want to grow in your career, this is this is our expectation. So mm -hmm. and and so for me initially it's it's out of concern, but then it does it does I mean you can't help but, you know, transfer it over. So Yeah. Um I also, it was uh, disappointing to actually see in this article bullying and harassment. I know. I agree. In the workplace. <laughs> this morning on the radio, there was actually a, um, a football player. I like, heard that. And um, his teammates were teasing him, and they were about not eating with him, mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And uh, they haven't, no one has seen or heard from him since. And it's uh, been like a couple of days. Yep. I was, was going to say close pro? to a week, I oh. think. Was but this pro or college? I can't remember. I don't remember either. But I'm like, oh, man, we can't bully in the workplace. That's no, sad. we're a team. Yeah. Right. We're a team. So, okay, Ashley, you are going to close us out today with a reminder for all of us as flu season is approaching. Yes. So leading off of the absenteeism, mm -hmm. um, you know, being sick is one, was one of the causes of absenteeism. However, based on the article that we read, um, it seems that about 90% of people will still come into work if <laughs> they are sick. And I'm guilty of it. I, I am. I don't like taking off of work, even if I'm sick. And I think that's where a lot of people lay. And so in this article, just notes, you know, some of the reasons as to why people don't want to take off of work. And it's really good to hear that a lot of people feel like they don't want to miss out on some of their work. They have projects to catch up on. Um, and so, you know, this kind of just works through some best habits for the flu season and just to remind your employees um, things to do to make mm -hmm. sure you're not infecting other employees <laughs> as well. So obviously we all know the typical wash your hands, have antibacterial at your desk. Um, so just wanted to see if there's anything else that you talk to your employees about, your direct reports, um, to make sure that they're not coming in sick. I would just like to though, jump on that wash your hands thing. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm going to call it like it is. Sometimes you're sitting in that bathroom and it's like 
you hear you hear something and then you hear the door shut. And I'm like, wait a minute, where was the running water? <laughs> please, oh, no. please, everyone, wash your hands. Oh. I just do not understand. I agree. I like to wash my hands twice. Oh, that's good. Well, we know you won't be infecting us. Though, right. right? <laughs> I try my best. The nice thing that I thought about this article was, yes, they're coming to work sick, but at least they have a better understanding of what it is, <laughs> that how right. to prevent this and how to spread it to other people. But, you know, coming again, I have to harp on it, but from a healthcare background, this was always a really hot topic. And we'd always have people coming in sick and infecting people. So, of course, we had the flu shot. And we would strongly encourage everyone to get it. Um, most everyone in the facility got it, but the one section of the facility that didn't get it or didn't like to get it were the nurses, the nurses Why? and the direct caregivers. They just didn't want to. Oh. And those were the ones that had direct patient care experience. Yeah. And it, it was very disappointing because we had a very high percentage of people in the other areas that would go ahead and take the flu shot. But the, the nurses, it was harder to convince them. So wow. I, yeah. Maybe they, maybe they hope that the patients had gotten them instead. Yeah, yeah. My daughter also works in healthcare in a doctor's office. And while they don't say it's mandatory to get the flu shot, uh, if they don't, they're not welcome to work there anymore. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's pretty much mandatory, so, which I think is a yeah. good yeah. policy. But <laughs> Speaking on behalf of healthcare, no. Mm -hmm. um, for our listeners out there who, who don't know, I am actually a registered nurse. So I can resonate with this topic very closely. And in nursing school, it was mandated to get pretty much the flu shot or I shouldn't say mandated, I should say how Laura said it, you um, should get the flu shot. And if you don't want to, that's okay. You just won't go to clinicals <laughs> and then you can't graduate. So we were required as well, yeah. let's be honest, to get the flu shot. Um, and I actually think though that I'm a I'm an advocate of it. I think mm -hmm. that it mm -hmm. helps. I don't know why you wouldn't want to. I don't, I mean, I'm miserable when I'm sick. So, right. Um, mm. But one of the things, though, that I would hit on and that was highly stressed in nursing school and obviously being just out there in general is washing your hands for 20 yeah. seconds with antibacterial soap because it really does make a difference. So, I always tell my direct reports, and I know that in our office, we're going to be having a flu clinic actually come mm -hmm. give flu shots, which I just think is awesome. So, for employers out there, definitely look into that if you can, if you're, I think you have to meet a certain employee size requirement. Around or 35, 30, 35. So, yeah. But I always tell my direct reports, and as funny as it sounds, don't touch your face. Just don't touch your face. Keep your hands uh, off of your face because that is where the bugs come from. Right. You know, the bacteria is everywhere, the viruses are everywhere. And then you put them on your hmm. mouth or your nose, and your nose and mouth have those glands that suck things up. And that's why you get sick. So I just say, get your hands off your face. You'll be fine. The nurse background in you. It helps. I do have to represent the people, though, that are not pro-flu um, shot. Okay. Because I did get the, the last time I got the flu shot, and I know this isn't the excuse, but the last time I got the flu shot, I was so sick with the flu that year, <laughs> and I haven't been sick with the flu since. Yeah. So um, I just have to represent our listeners all right, all right. out there. <laughs> if everyone else takes the flu around you, then, hey, that's another safe <laughs> zone. Oh, yeah. There's a name for that. It's called, isn't it, what is it called, the herd vaccine? 
Oh, I, I need to look something it up. like that. Um, yeah. Herd, meaning you. <laughs> yeah. I know you, Lynn. <laughs> There's people like you. That what they'll do. I, I wish I would know what it was. I was going to say, I, or else the other option would be to stay away from the herd altogether. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan, look it up for us. Herd vaccine. It's when um, basically people in the community rely on others to get the vaccine yeah. and then they choose not to get it. So they're relying uh, on the herd uh-huh. and then they're right. safe because then the bug is dead. Yeah. But I don't remember the name. Uh He's not looking it up anyway. That's all right. I think uh, the one thing, though, I think with, uh, you know, being sick in the workplace, I think a lot has changed now for the good or the bad Mm -hmm. as companies go from sick days to PTO days. Mm -hmm. You know, I think more people when they had a sick day. People tend to, like, take the sick day because they don't want to, like, lose them. Right. Right. And as as people have gone to um, PTO, the sick days were actually built into that that yeah. formula. But now everyone thinks of them as vacation days, yeah, and they, they don't do. want to use them <laughs> right, because absolutely. they got a trip to Hawaii coming up, and they <laughs> and need that's all why that they time. Come to work sick. <laughs> oh, and our engineer did just tell us it was community immunity, but there's oh. a there's a technical term, but that's the same mm-hmm. thing. You rely on others to get the vaccine, yeah. and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, thank you. I just rely on my higher cue balls. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that aren't see-through. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. I always learn something new from my coworkers during the quad, and I hope our listeners do too. So thank you, ladies. If you would like to suggest topics for discussion on the LGN Radio Quad, send a message to Radio at localjobnetwork.com. What are your thoughts on the office environment? Big open light spaces or high cubicle walls? Please weigh in. For Jacqueline Peterson, Laura McBain, and Ashley Fitzgerald, I'm Lynn Molitor. Thanks for listening.